Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Listen Now is brought to you by me, Matt Stewart, and my 2020 live comedy show, Monkey House. I'm bringing it to Hobart for Fringe at the Edge of the World at the Republic on the 9th and 10th of January. Then I'm going to be in Brisbane for the Brisbane Comedy Festival at the Powerhouse from the 10th to the 15th of March. And on to Melbourne from there, back home uh, for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for a big month at the Victoria Hotel from the 26th of March to the 19th of April. And you can grab tickets for those shows now via mattstuartcomedy.com slash gigs. If you want to be precise, mattstuartcomedy.com slash gigs. And if you use the discount code podcast, you will get a discount. That makes sense. Now, on with the show. Get tickets. On with the show. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through the back catalogues of some of the most important and rockinest bands of all time, starting with Australian pub rock legends Cold Chisel. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Sam Tonkin. Welcome, Sam. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for coming on to this podcast that we share together. Hey, thank you for coming on to this podcast that we (laughs) share together. Amazing. We've We've had a bit of a break. We have. Even though we didn't have a break in releasing, we recorded a lot on it one day. We did. It was a, a month large or so day. ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're back in the studio. I've been away. I've been on tour. What have you been doing, Sam? I finished uni for the really? year. Well, just for the oh, year. I've still got a year to go. Um, that's why you're not wearing that funny hat yet. Yeah. One day. I'll post a picture one day. It's, it's a vague um, chisel anecdote, but I was doing some shows in London and then I went after my show I went and saw Stuart Lee great comedian yeah. from England uh, saw his show and then after the show I was there in my cold chisel t-shirt and he um, came up to me and goes oh cold chisel that's Dom Walker's band isn't it oh I said it is yeah and boy. he goes yeah it's great oh, he said he doesn't mind cold chisel but he really likes uh Texton and Charlie okay okay did you uh, plug the podcast while you were there? Should have plugged the podcast. Fuck, Could have got him on. Damn it. Wait, he's a steward as well? Or his first name's Stuart? First name's Stuart. Well, that's same basically. So basically related to we're us. We're pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works, right? You're sick as well. Yeah, we should probably mention that. Don't if get I, it. If I sound a little deeper in the voice than Matt, it's because I am ever so Oh, hang slightly. on a second. What are you talking about? I'm hang the on, deepest voice too, right. here. Hang on, mate. Um, we've got, did you know, we've got some pretty hardcore chisel fans listening. I've been getting some messages and tweets and stuff, people sort of letting us know that the albums we're talking about are the remasters, which we knew, but we probably should have said that to the listeners. So, um, in 2011, chisel, uh, re-released the whole back catalogue, uh, remastered from the original tapes. Um, Mm -hmm. some of those albums with extra tracks, some of them sound a little bit different. So if. You are um, used to listening on your cassettes or records you or whatever. Finish. You you might be like, "Why wow, that track wasn't on there originally?" That's why, and that's uh, probably never more evident than the album we're doing today because they the remastered edition added six tracks. Six went from fourteen to twenty. Bloody hell! Yes, and that album that we're talking about today is the Reformation Chisel album, the last wave of summer. The Reformation. It's so good. Should I just get straight into it? Oh, this is going to excite you, Sam. What? Our man Adrian's up. He's yes. back in the reviewing game. What's up? He's returned. What year is this that this album was released? 1998. Oh, Adrian's up. Where have you been for the last 10 years? So it was released in 1998. It went to number one. Ooh. It, was a, it was 14 years since the last one came out. Was it really? Yeah. Shit. So it was very highly anticipated. Yeah. Um, and it was... A couple of years in the making. Um, I've got I've got a, an interview I can read some snippets of for, with Don Walker who talks about it a little bit as well. But let's get into the What's Up with Adrian's Up yes. review of The Last Wave of Summer. 
which is Chisel's Reformation album. Reformation. He writes, With their 1998 comeback disc, The Last Wave of Summer, their first album of new material since 1984's 20th century, Aussie rock legends Cold Chisel proved that they still had the stuff, in inverted commas. The stuff. A tad shy of, their stan- uh, of the standard of their heyday albums from the 70s and 80s, Summer is still formidable rock and roll. As the band first release in the CD age, and at just under an hour running time, Last Wave of Summer was considerably longer than their previous studio albums, and that was before the six added songs yeah, shit. in 2011. Hence, the makeup is a little different. There is more down tempo and light affair here, which would I know would have excited you, Sam, <laughs> uh, which shifts the feel <laughs> from the usual short and sharp rock of a chisel disc to a quite different type of listening experience. Less visceral, more cerebral. Ooh. Which is that's the difference between you and me. You're very visceral, I'm very cerebral. I don't even know is what that, they, I don't know what it means. Does that prove a Cerebral's point like mind and visceral's like feel. I'm getting that wrong for sure. <laughs> Please write us a letter and explain. Uh also, uh, Zup goes on, also, this was an older, more mature of a chisel. Ooh. Accomplished songsmiths and musicians with nothing left to prove. Consequently, The Last Wave of Summer has the trappings of a more patient album than their past efforts, and that comes out of the speakers loud and clear. Still, chisel being chisel, they avoid sounding clinical. The blood and thunder are still present, and Exhibit A is the customary blasting cap rocker that ignites every cold chisel album. What a sentence. Oi. Uh, in this case, Yakuza Girls. Yeah, it's, it Which is, is a banger. banger. That is a banger. A uh, few bands have ever rocked as hard as Cold Chisel, and this song is one of their most raucous, which is saying a lot. Blazing rock and roll with typically high raunch lyrics. There's more grit to be found in songs like uh, the ACDC nod Babies on Fire, which oh. is like such an Akadaka riff. He stole what I was going to say about that song. <laughs> that is bloody rude. Or the sassy bump and grind of Pretty Little Thing, which Ooh. is another one he just absolutely... A sassy bump and grind. Sassy. There's a real, it's a that'd real be my, sass. That'd be my drag queen name. Sassy bump and grind yep. or Pretty Little Thing. Both. One of <laughs> them is a tagline, but I'm not sure which. Uh, Artist formerly known as. <laughs> he says... Zup says that Pretty Little Thing, Jimmy Barnes sings like a banshee with its balls in a vice. Now, Banshees have balls? I don't know. I still don't know don't what a banshee know. is. I thought a banshee did we look that up? Fe- I thought we did after he described singing, screaming like a banshee on um, our favourite track. Uh, Google banshee. No, nah, was that him? I don't know if... Yeah. That was, wasn't that someone else who described it as a cum thumper? No, maybe not. <laughs> I think it was us that described it as a cum thumper, wasn't it? Uh, I'll just read this last little bit. Uh, in fact, Barnes's razor wire voice has never sounded better or bitten harder than on summer. Ah, that's something. Also, a banshee is a female spirit whose wailing warns of death in a house. Yeah, well, imagine if her balls were in a vice. Imagine Ooh. her wailing then. Yeah. Uh, there's no question that his delivery sparks the entire disc. There's a shade less catchiness to this album than, say, Breakfast at Sweethearts or East. Mm-hmm. But it still has a bunch more kick and punch than most of the rock and roll albums of this time. When you've set the bar so high, it's hard to clear it every time. But the last wave of summer is still primo stuff. That is what's up with up. That's a lengthy review. It is a lengthy review, and it's sort of like yeah, it's it's funny because he's basically saying it's not quite up to their best, but it's still better than nearly everyone else. Yeah, I'm looking. He up. loves Chisel. You he love does. him, Zup. You huge, love Chisel. He's a big um. I'm just looking up At what the end other of this series, albums were released. I'm going to unmask myself as Adrian's up. Oh, don't! I wish you've spoiled it. I wish I, I wish I could. He never wrote back to me on um, LinkedIn either. Oh, I mean, if he's not respecting LinkedIn, I mean, honestly, honestly, he's up. Come on, mate. Yeah, that that is a pretty. I think he ended up giving it like four out of five stars still. Ooh, so that's he still loves them. I'm about it. So that's a yeah he did four out of five stars. So I mean, nineteen ninety eight released some bloody cracker albums though. Yeah, what else like, was there? What else? We got Queens of the Stone Age. Was that their self their self titled? Self titled, yeah. Uh, Marilyn Manson released his. Pearl Jam released an album. Kid Rock. Uh, yep, Kid Rock. Hole released Celebrity Skin. Offspring right. released Americana. It was a big year for me for um, getting into sort of alternative rock and stuff. 1990. How old were you in 1998? Uh, it was Butter Boy. Butter but, Boy? I was Butter Boy. You were but a the, Butter Boy. Uh, yeah, there was 
no chisel on the radio I was listening to though. I missed all of this at yeah. the time, I which is a shame because don't recall any of this at all. Yakuza girl should have. I mean, that should have been getting. And maybe it was getting radio play, but it wasn't getting played on like Triple J, for instance, which is probably what that, I was mainly listening to at the time. That probably makes sense, though, doesn't it? I guess so. Um, yeah, I want. I don't know. I mean, it's. I feel like they should have. Yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, I I enjoyed this album a lot. And Did I'm you? looking forward to going through track by track. The more I listened to it, the more I enjoyed it as well. Okay. I kind of like the slower, sludgier pace on some of the tracks. Sludgy is a good word, actually. It's thicker or something. It. It is, There's yes. something about it. It, it feels sounds like it, thicker. Yeah, it's swampy or something. Swa- <laughs> <laughs> the swampiest album. That'll yeah, be I our think next. this is their swampiest album yet. Amazing. Uh, there's, so this article, um, it's from uh, an outlet called TBS. TBS. And they interviewed Don Walker at the time. Uh, I'll read out bits and pieces of this if you want, just to get a bit more of a, a feel for where they were at at the time. Yeah, sure. Especially the Don. The Don. Key songwriter of the band. Mm-hmm. He was asked the question, how long has the reunion been in the pipeline? And he said, Rod Willis, Cold Chisel's manager, much to my shock and alarm at the time, sent a detailed written reunion proposal to me in December 1995. So between the idea forming and, and the band getting back together and releasing the album, it was a good couple of years plus. Sure. <laughs> I like it. He's very short and sharp on some of the answers. Like, was a Cold Chisel reformation ever close to happening at any other time? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it Don. wasn't to your knowledge, Don, then it probably wasn't happening. He's not one to waste words, is he? He is asked about, so this is the first album put out in 14 years, and he was asked uh, if he has any regret about how the band broke up at the time. And the, the interviewer uh, notes that Phil Small told him that he felt the band was due for a good long break of six months or so rather than splitting. Oh. But Don said, by 1983, the band I knew and loved had been killed anyway. Wow. And by late 1983, I wasn't much interested in the work involved in keeping what was left alive. I regret the way it was done, but I couldn't prevent it being done. By the time of the split, I was not interested in resuming, ever. Bloody hell, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty nail in the coffin. Solid, yeah, he was asked about their relationships inside the band. He said, by the time the band split, some of those relationships were non-existent. Shit. In the last 14 years, we kept in fairly constant contact with Ian. So Don and Ian remained real close. They appeared on each other's albums, I think. Yeah, well, basically Don wrote Mossy's solo album, solo debut and follow-up, I think. Um, but he says, beyond that, I pretty much avoided all things cold chisel. So it's just, he really only kept in contact with maple syrup moss. Maple syrup mossy. This bit I found interesting as well. Um, he's asked about whether the amount of songwriters in the band was ever a problem, basically Mm. because they're all songwriters. Yeah, too many chefs. Yeah, but he said the breadth of writing in the band gave us both strengths and weaknesses. The first two albums were written almost all by me, as we know, and that was fine for the time. But for the sake of the growth of the band, that could not have continued. The band would have withered if it were only a mouthpiece for me, with the others being used more and more as session musicians. I've always felt this, though Jim has never said it, that a singer could never be totally comfortable having to sing someone else's thoughts. Even though with Cold Chisel, I tried to write about areas that Jim and I had in common. That's why later on, I knew that no matter what the hurdles, I had to figure out a way to sing my own songs. Back in the 70s, though, I was always pushing for the others in the band to write, and they did from quite early on. Steve had been writing in bands previous to Chisel. Co-writing was going on all the time and shows up with early songs like Juliet, Goodbye, Astro Goodbye and Dresden. Yeah, that I, I never really even considered that, that having songwriters might have been seen as a an issue for, I guess, like ego and stuff. But yeah. obviously Don didn't see it that way. Which is, And that's kind of the first time we've heard from Don's idea of, or Don's side of writing for Jimmy, because Jimmy talks a lot about how uh, he felt as though, you know, he related so strongly to what Don was writing. And yeah. here we have Don so, actually was consciously doing. Yeah, no coincidence. Such. Yeah. That is interesting. And it's and not just writing for Jim, but writing for things they have in common. So yeah. it's still genuine for him as well. Yeah. Um, this is a good interview. I'll post the link to it. I probably won't read it all now. I like this answer. The question is, do you practice piano? He said. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine him just being like really uh, taken aback by the question, like, no, you uh, idiot. Uh, 
I'm Don Walker, bitch. He asked the question with so many. So, so they came up with heaps and heaps of songs for this album and yeah. rehearsed a lot of them. So 20 of them ended up making this second version of it. But there were heap, heaps more that never even got to recording. It was stage. like 100 or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And it, the question was asked with so many songs to be tried, what was the process used to decide what uh, would be worked on next? Don says, psychological manipulation, sullen looks, petulance, tantrums, insane rages, both faked and real, sexual coquettishness, and pathological violence. Sometimes the last two together. What the fuck? How does that... <laughs> how did he use those to... I'm confused about how that was a um, a way to choose. What's... Well, I think it's just that's they, how they each other were the... influencing each other. Oh and I think God. maybe some of that was a little tongue-in-cheek. It's Dawn. you got to look at the levels. Yeah, you're right. Sam, come Thinking on. Thinking too literally. Jeez. <laughs> but I, I believe the sullen looks. Oh, you yeah. You see Jimmy going. And petulance. Yeah, fine, don't use my song. Yeah, it's fine. I'm aware. I guess that's psychological Insane manipulation. Insane rages, both faked and real. I'd say Jim probably had a few real. <laughs> yeah. I um, can't imagine someone like Mossy trying to throw a tantrum, though. He'd just be like, They'd be like all right, calm down, Mossy, come on. One of the questions is, you know, the classic someone's got a chance to ask someone great some questions and they ask them a Googleable question. Yeah. That's oh, no. What is a Yakuza girl? Oh, no. A Japanese mafia girl. I guess Google, was Google around in 98? It wasn't. But they could have asked Jeeves no. oh, or Alta Vista it or something. What the hell is Alta Vista? That was one of the early ones. Was they it? Probably, I only remember Ask Jeeves. Probably could have Yahooed it. Yeah, Yahoo, I reckon what a bit of, where was Google? AOL'd it. AOL, wow. He also, he talks about, it's not really relevant as much to this album, but the interviewer asked if um, ha- there was a place he was taking inspiration for the songs he wrote for this album, like he did uh, with S- Sydney's King's Cross in the earlier albums. Mm. But he said, because, you know, people talk about it sometimes as if he wandered around searching for ideas and yeah. writing with his notepad. But he kind of uh, puts a damper on that. He says, the idea of writers wandering around searching for some source of inspiration is maybe a little bit Hollywood. Initially, I wrote so I wouldn't be in a covers band. Then I tried to write better because I hated the poverty involved in playing mediocre original songs. (laughs) Then I tried to walk away and not write at all, only to find that it happens regardless. That's when he was over traveling and he basically decided to quit music. Yeah. And he found that he, he couldn't quit it. You can't quit me, Don. can't quit you. Uh, he says, it's only in retrospect that a certain flavour becomes apparent in a certain set of songs, and that flavour can be connected to where I happen to be living. I don't really go looking for inspiration beyond a little bit of peace and quiet. The Cross is, in its own way, a peaceful little community once you're off their tourist strip, and the era offered advantages in the 24-hour availability of goods and services that were unique in Sydney when I first went to live there in the 1970s. Unfortunately, for those who don't know it, that is not it's, the case anymore. It's they, shit. They, yeah, they, the state government, I believe, having not lived there, this is what Sydney friends have told me, kind of mm. gutted the vibe out of King's Cross and it's very different now. Yeah, the, all the lockout laws and there's like no live music and yeah, the only place you can get into after... What, 11 p.m. or something is like... The casino. The casino. Yeah, Pack, is it Packers, Packers Casino? Maybe. Yeah, I guess it's Star City, I think. Uh, yeah, anyway, like I said, there's a bunch of um, bunch more questions there that are really good. So I think it's worth looking at. Maybe there's, uh, there was one other one that might be worth... They talk about the sound they went for. Uh, talking about how the this album... And I'm pretty sure Jimmy Barnes said this was... I think it was this album was the first time they really... Captured the live sound properly. Yeah, which I think is that's what he was saying. Interesting that it's so much slower. Yeah. So this is uh, what Don said about that. The new material was recorded in a much more live environment than the previous Cold Chisel recordings. Sorry, this is what the the interviewer said. Would you anticipate using this method again? And Don said, recording quickly and live as we have done this time is very enjoyable for me. But there are other ways of doing things, and if there were further recordings in the future and the others wanted to try some other approach, I wouldn't rule out any methods that work. So he's he doesn't seem to be as fussed by it. Some, like some of the – because, you know, remember with the Breakfast at Sweethearts, people, the band at the time especially, and I think they still say it sometimes now, they weren't super happy with how that all went. No, yeah. Which is I reckon has kind of tarnished the reputation of that album yeah, unfairly. Yeah, because for us as a, you know – 
your average listener, we're like, yeah, it's all right. With fresh it's ears, I, I reckon it's good. great. It's one of the, I think it's one of their best. I think it's like looking back, and I think when we get through all the albums, we we'll probably should adjust all our scores. But I think, yeah, I agree. Looking back, it is, it's a great, it's really a great album. I wonder if it was the experience more than the results. That yeah, is that's what like really the tarnished them. Um, anyway, should we start going in and and checking out these track by tracks? We've got twenty to get through because I figure let's out. do the remastered version. That's the one I've been listening to. Yeah, let's kick it. I'll I'll let you know as we go. Like the the order's different as well. Oh, is it? So I won't talk about that so much, but I'll let you know when there's a song that is uh, been added since the first edition. But initially, it was always uh, the first track remains the same and, and we always say they nearly always nail that first track and I reckon they've done it again with Mr. Crown Prosecutor. It's not quite the um, cum thumper. It's not a cum thumper but but it is a this is, this is that sludgy sort of swampy. Yeah. Sludgy. I don't know if that's the right term but I love it. I reckon it's so good. I think it, my usual issue is that it's slow, so I I did struggle to get into it, but it, it I warmed up to it after a few listens. Yeah. Um, and then, so the first three tracks are the same in, in the initial run as they are in this remastered. Then you got the second track, which was um, the first single, I believe, uh, Things I Love in You. Oh, is this a single? I think, yeah, I think this charted in the, I think it was the lead single and it charted um, in the top 40. Shit. It's in the top 10 even. Charted number 10. In Australia, number 43 in New Zealand. I really like this song as well. Yeah, me too. I just didn't realise it was a, um, it's not on any of the best ofs. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So I hadn't heard it until I listened to this album. I think the only part of it I don't fully love is the the backing vocal. Yeah. I really love Barnsley's vocal the whole way through, but the things I love in yeah, it's a bit, are, it's it a bit naff a bit, or something. It's just a bit cheesy almost. Yeah. Like, but the rest of it's sick. But That note, I wonder if he's just fallen just a bit short. No, you see, he creates the rules as he goes. Whatever he hits, that's, that's right. the marker. That's the right. <laughs> if you hear me coughing, it's basically me trying to laugh, <laughs> by the way. Um, I'm try- I have a vague feeling there's a, a greatest hits. I thought there was one that was called the thing. Oh, no, all for you, sorry. I'm thinking of a later track. Great tune. Then this next one's the Akadaka inspired. Well, not necessarily inspired, but definitely got an Akadaka vibe called Babies on Fire. Hear this riff. It's very Akadaka. Do you know what? Just just this very, very opening bit reminds me of Green Day. Oh, yeah. But I think, like, I'm trying to think what song it was. But, yeah, this is very... I'd call this Balls to the Wall. It's a bit, um... Do you remember the band Airborne? Yeah, they're still going. Are they? Yeah. They're, yeah. they're big in Europe. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, good for them. Yeah, I got ACDC and then I was like, because of the vocals, I was like, it's a bit Airborne. But I literally wrote ACDC next to this song title. Yeah. I wonder if they considered that as a an opening track, just being such a oh, hard rocker. That, that would have been a good one. I feel like it or Yakuza Girls, would yep. have, if they wanted to go with that old, like, 0 to 100 yep. start. But I, I like how they've done it this way, but, yeah. It makes more sense on how the album goes. 
The next track uh, is actually was... Oh, this is a bonus one? Yeah. But it's one... I'm, I was surprised by that because I reckon it's a, it's a real nice tune. I reckon it's one of the standouts, but it's, again, it's, it's a slower one. But it feels like a single to me. But they don't even think it worthy of being in the top 14 tracks or, yeah. you know, the 14 tracks of the album. It is a slower burner, though, admittedly. With the maple syrup moss on vocals. Yeah, I remember listening to the opening. I was like, surely this is a maple syrup song. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no way that... I do love Jimmy's voice, but this was just... Oh. It just suits it too goddamn well. As with all, let's recommend listening to the full album, the full tracks. We're just playing little snippets. But this is a builder. It's a slow builder, which is... a slow build. It's one of my favourite... I do love a slow build. ...varieties of tune. My (laughs) favourite... One of my favourite genres is the slow builder. slow builder. Especially if it builds to a big rock and crescendo. Let me skip out a bit. Oh, mossy. It's just bloody beautiful. Let me see where it gets to. Oh. So good. I don't, I'm guessing that, that I mean, it that not only just uh, was added to the album, was also brought into the tracks four, which is a very important spot. It is in track cricketing four. terms. That's like it's, where often the best batter. It's quite plays. important. <laughs> Got to have him up there. Who is our number four at the moment? Steve Smith. Is he the goat or the, the goat? The little goat the, after the other Don. The Don. The Don. Track five, another one of my... I mean, I'm going to say this about a lot of these tracks, but another one of my favourites on the album, Bella for Sigh. Um, that's again, it's in that sort of swampy sort of terrain. Oh, I liked this for the... um. And this didn't move. This was track five in the initial release as well. This song, for some reason to me, is just... Not saying that it's aged poorly or anything, it just sounds very 90s to me. Oh, really? Yeah. It doesn't just... sound 90s, it sounds fresh to me. Does it? There is a couple on here that do sound quite 90s to me, like uh, Angel in My Room, I think, is very 90s sounding, mm-hmm. which I don't mind, but it... Um, well, I guess we'll get to them as we go. Maybe Water Into Wine. What's it called? Bella Versailles. Bella Versailles. What is that? Is it a place? Versailles is like a the uh, one of the French um, palace places, isn't oh. it? Oh yeah. By Louis the whatever. Louis the something. Yeah, one of the Louis made it. Maybe like his kids kept developing it. If I vaguely remember right, that's going to be annoying to listeners. Sorry to people who know what it actually is. <laughs> Let me Google Belle Versailles meaning. means ball at Versailles so it's a probably could have figured that one out just like one extra L is all it would have made all the sense one extra L one extra T complete different language I have no idea what it means (laughs) I think again that oh this is right towards the end here he comes oh I do like it when they take it right down to just the piano. Yeah. Uh, then the next one is uh, what uh, our man Zup was calling one of the big rocker of the album, Yakuza Girls. This would have been a cracking uh, opener. Yeah, it was just straight into it. And you were saying this one was on one of the later best of as well. Yeah, correct. Girls. 
The next track uh, was on the initial release, but it was a, a secret track. Oh, I liked this one because it was so like... Is that like a dropped bass? It does sound it, doesn't it? Sounds real deep. Chugging. So this is a, a secret track on the first one, Untitled. Um, and it's a track by Phil Small and Barnsey co-write. Big Phil Small. Yeah. I think it's the first time they've had a collaboration on it. And is this the first time you got Mossy and Jimmy singing over the top of each other? Uh, no, that would have that happened. But like not... Right on top of it. Yeah. Like both of them are singing. Are they? It still sounds... That's I just Barnsey was... at the front, isn't it? I could have sworn. I don't know. Maybe it was just when I was listening to it. Oh, you might be right. Earlier. You know I've got tinnitus. Do you really? Tinnitus. Whatever it's called. I can hardly hear any of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we went with cold chisels so you could hear the screaming. <laughs> but yeah, I reckon this is a chunky and smooth tune, which is a great double. Uh, Do you love chunky and smooth? And then you've got another one that was added... Um, Another one that was added with the remaster. This one was written by drummer Steve Presswich. From Liverpool. Liverpool. What the fuck am I going to do with more money? Oh, it's getting worse. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> You're from Liverpool. We're so sorry. So sorry. This one's called Somewhere <laughs> in the Silence. Oh, this one I thought... Oh, my God, I'm going to lose my voice mid-episode. Mid this one I thought could have easily featured on um, Matchbook. Oh, yeah. This one and Red Sand as well, I reckon. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah that bluesy, poppy sound of yeah. the mossy did on that first couple albums. Totally. And also good. the... the um, Backing vocals yep. Or this bit Oh no not this bit I take it back When Yeah And the guitar so sound as well I reckon uh, The next one again A press switch song That was added for the remastered By my side This is pretty 90s Yep Which is I think it's It almost sounds like a put down But it's not really No Yeah we don't mean it in a in a uh, negative way, it just sounds like. Doesn't sound like Aqua Girl or something. Not that there's anything wrong with that either. Aqua Girl? Were they just called Aqua? Oh. You're saying Barbie, Barbie Girl? Fuck. <laughs> Aqua, <laughs> Aqua Girl. <laughs> so Jimmy's still in his um, wild addiction phase during this, too, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, he said that in his book that he was off chop. Yeah. This is a nice trip. Presswitch does write nice, catchy pop rock tunes. Yeah. Uh, he also wrote the next one, which was the second single off the album, which I imagine isn't one of your favourites, just from the pace of it. Water into wine. No. And is from oh. from the very first stroke of guitar, I was like, oh, I'm gonna battle with this one. Right. It's interesting because it got um, it had mixed. Uh, mixed reviews before it was even released from people inside the, the uh, Chisel camp. Um, <laughs> according to band biographer Michael Lawrence, he said, from very early on in its lifetime, this song was touted as a possible single. A catchy ballad that sees acoustic guitar appearing in a cold chisel song for the first time since K-San. Um... Gadinsky was also keen on it. He thought who was the um, yeah. head of Mushroom Records. But uh, mixer Kevin Shirley said, it's a straightforward song to mix and it would make a good B-side. It's not a single. It drags. <laughs> Which might be more with, in line uh, with you. I'm with Gadinsky, yeah. No, that's not Gadinsky. Oh, that wasn't Gadinsky. Kevin Shirley. Yeah, Kevin Shirley. My boy, Kev. It's a nice song. Come on, it's a, baby. Won't you save me? I'm trying to throw water in the wind. All right, we've just got a halfway, so we should keep moving. The next one. Oh, yeah, fuck. I keep forgetting how big this album is. Uh, Never Stop Loving You, which 
That's a Barnsey. A Barnsey composition. And sort of getting through some of these songs can see why you found it a little harder to get in initially, because it is a, definitely a slower paced song. But this is another slower album. This one builds into a in a pretty rocky crescendo as well. They do love a build. It's like, yeah, it sounds very pretty... stripped, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you wait. Well, <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> This is very 90s. Yeah. It's the only 90s album they put out. So it makes sense that it has... True. ...has that vibe. Is it all Jimmy vocals or is that Mossy covering as well? That's mainly, mainly Barnsley. Then we got uh, Mossy's Red Sand. This one totally sounds like it could have been on. Definitely. Magical. This is also a um, a bit of a political song, I think. It's about the stolen generation. Is it really? Yeah, yeah right. Which is, you know, cultures will never really dove too deeply into anything. They're a pretty political band, but yeah, maybe maybe not super explicitly all the time, I suppose. Mm. So this was written by Mossy with Peter Moss, which I think is his brother, and Cal Curtis. Because he's singing about red sand, it's like about the desert, and it just fucking suits. Don't you reckon? Like, yeah. his voice just sounds like the desert. I don't know how to explain it. No, I think you nailed it. <laughs> Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The next one's another Barnsley, Angel in My Room. This sounds like a Barnsley solo, yep. sort of '90s when it, when he yeah, the ballad of the album yes. sort of thing. And it, this one does have a real '90s feel. Even the lyrics and everything. Angel in my room. Oh, I know. I was singing about angels in the '90s, weren't I? Cringe. People love the uh, talking angels. The angels. I'm probably thinking of like only a small handful of songs, but that's. I feel like angel is a word that isn't really sung up anymore. No. What's that? I'm trying to think of the live song that sings about angels. By Chisel. We'll talk about that next week. As in live. Oh, live. I'm trying to think 90s. Oh, yeah. That was the Robbie Williams song. There is the Robbie Williams song. Which love love Robbie Williams. (laughs) And you hate slow songs. So confusing. He's got some bangers. Robbie Williams' um, Let Me Entertain You is one of my number one karaoke songs. Okay. Cracker. There seems to be a lot of, um, a lot more songs focused on relationships on this album. Right. Which I think reflects on where the band is at in their stages of life. That makes sense. Uh, then we've got Pretty Little Thing. This is more of a, a dirty, bluesy tune. Which is... Yeah, it takes a, it's moved away from that cleany sort of clean 90s rock sound. Yeah, it's gone real bluesy, isn't it? And this is back to a Don... 
Don song and is Don is good. Do you reckon if they'll sing it live, Jimmy would introduce it? There's a rockabilly song. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to mislead us, I guess. Yeah. Uh, good one, Jimmy. Real thick and sludgy. That's it. Interestingly, yeah. How's that piano? Yeah. How far down the keyboard is he? Hammering him too. So of the of the five extra tracks that were added, eight or well, six if you include the secret track, three of them were press switch, meaning that the the remastered version has five Steve Presswitch written songs. Wow. Qu- quarter of the album. And the next one is another one of his called Someone Caught My Eye. Does love a slow song, Steve from Liverpool. Yeah. Which we'll hear a few next week on the when we talk about Ringside the Live album because he yeah. debuts a few on there which I love, Excellent. and he sings them. Does he? Sick. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Really looking forward to playing them next week. Um, then we've got. Uh, he can't believe it's over with you, or he can't believe it's over, which is another Don tune. Chug chug chug. Yeah, loves a chug. Definitely. I reckon you know the original cut of the album. I'd I'd keep in a few of the added ones, and I'd take out a few of the original ones. I reckon. Yeah. No album you... needs to be twenty tracks long. No, that's that's extensive. Even I feel fourteen like, feels long. I feel long. like twelve is like a, a lengthy but good. Yeah, I reckon twelve. I mean, it depends on the length of the tunes, but they they do average like four minute, probably. Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Catchy tune. Yeah, yeah, but it'd also be hard. How do you cut down from 100 songs? Even to get to this point, it'd be brutal. I recently did uh, my 100 tracks of all time. Oh, yeah, how was that? It was brutal. So, I mean, and they're not even my songs. Imagine doing it with your own baby. Yeah, true. Because, what was your rules? It was. Only one song per... One song per band and no songs from the last two years. It was like a just to have a little bit of a, a buffer period in case, you know, you love songs when yeah, you first hear them. Yeah, you get obsessed. So I feel like you need the two-year window to... It's a smart way to do it. Yeah, otherwise you look back in a few years and go, oh, I like that song very briefly. Yeah. just happened to be when I made that countdown. Yeah. I, if anyone's interested, I can put... Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for this one. I've made a Spotify playlist. Of course. The one chisel song will, will not be a surprise. No. And um, it went high. That would probably is also not a surprise. Also not a surprise. Uh, then we've got uh, Way Down, which uh, is another press switch. Uh, but this was on the initial album as well. This was the original number four. Original number four, yeah. It got, it got bumped. Bumped, well from bumped. Fourth first to fourth last. Oof. Sorry, Steve. But it is another... It's another nice tune, but yeah, there's a few that maybe are a little same-ish. This has got the mossy vocals to differentiate it a little bit from some of the other ballady ones. I'll say it's got a feel of it, yeah. This is another one that seems of, of the time a bit. Yeah, yeah. want to get that bit where Mossy takes it up a notch. Yeah, he goes the next level. 
Oh. It's beautiful. Such a weird match that works so well, harmonizing. I know. Um, Alright, I can't get... We can't wait till it goes big. Uh, then we got this big old car, another one of the new tracks. Such a weird song to listen to. Just yelling. Sounds like one of those I've been over it women kind of type of songs. Not bad, a bit of fun, I'd say. The next one, So Hard, is probably the one that I found so hard to listen to the most. It's it's another one that's fine, but it's just a... It feels like an, maybe an unnecessary track. The guitar is very reminiscent of early Chisholm, though. It's again, it's like, it's probably... It's, a, it's another nice song. It's just an... That is... I think that's what a lot of these songs are. They're just nice right. songs. But, and they've all got an... I reckon they've got good hooks and stuff, but yeah, they just maybe just a few too many playing the same role. Yeah. Like, you don't need 15 out of 20. Probably not. I, that's me tr- trying to be critical, because I, I do find that I'm um, maybe a little of a... I just love all the things they do. So I'm yeah. trying to make it more interesting. But I, you know, there's, I got nothing but time. So a 20 track called Chisel album is music <laughs> to my ears, quite literally. Literally. Uh, and then the last track, which is a fucking banger, I reckon. And it's so good live. Again, can't wait to talk about this on next week's episode. Mm-hmm. The version on on Ringside is sick. Excellent. Uh, it's, and would you believe it? It's a builder. <laughs> I do love a builder. There's a few on this where they'll do the... They'll run it through once or twice, and then there'll be a drop, and you'll hear it on one note. Everything, everything lifts in intensity. It's real nice. So obviously, it's the titular track. Titular, titular, titular. Triple M. Triple M. <laughs> uh, yes. So I think this is this is the chunkiest of all their albums. Of their studio albums. By a long shot, too, I think. Yeah. Like, I think the others really do max out at, like, 10 or 12. Really? It's a, so it becomes a, d- a double CD now after being released it'd be, as a It'd be a four-side four vinyl. <laughs> yeah. You say... Dude, I don't know if you know this, but you say vinyl wrong. Vinyl. <laughs> vinyl. Has anyone ever said that <laughs> Ah, the vinyl. Actually, I bought Adam, my youngest brother... The Swing Shift double album on vinyl for Christmas, and he was pretty stoked. Oh, sick! I was like, this this, this rated pretty cold between us and the listeners. It's a beautiful so, uh, gift. Yeah, yeah, it is. His favorite album is um, Australian Crawl's Boys Light Up. Oh, so right. I was like, you know, it's it's Straya. Was he born born in the nineties? No, just uh, not yes. quite. Oh yeah, no, they're ninety five. Oh, yeah. well, so and truly. Smack bang. So he was alive for this one. Yeah, he would have been three. This is we're nearly two minutes in before they they drop it in. It's probably even longer than that. Anyway, yet again, it's coming. It is a six-minute song. Isn't it? <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Here it comes. Bring the pain with the scream as well. Oh, anticipation oh, building. Just waiting. Just waiting. How's <laughs> the organs, though? Yeah. Give us a yell, Bonzi. Oh, so good. Anyway, yet again. Do yourself a favour. Yeah, it's pretty good. So that's the album. The obese 20-track <laughs> 2011 reissue version. Um, but still, I mean, it goes for an hour and 17 with the 20 tracks. 
It is. That is. They've used all of the CDR basically. They really. I think have you could. Used, they've maxed it. They've, they've basically made it like I used to make mix CDs, which would be to use every, every last megabit last. or whatever they're called. <laughs> I'm a pretty techno, uh, ready to go guy. So I know all the lingo. All of the lingo of megabits, the tech. megabytes. You know, you name it. I got it. Are they the same? Who CD, knows? I do, DVD. but I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Just want to see if you know. Yeah. Those. But I bet you don't. Oh, you do? Fair enough. Um, so the album, like I said before, made to number one in Australia. Uh, it also went top 20 in New Zealand. Hey, all right. N- NZ. In NZ, Thank yeah. Thank very much. Uh, two times platinum in Australia. So it was, a, it was a hit. It was a welcome return. It did good. From the big boys of Australian rock. I guess it's time to, we normally now sort of talk about um, what our favourite tracks are. In terms of the unofficial um, Greatest Hits we're doing, mm. are we ruling any out? I guess Yakuza Girls was on one of the Greatest Hits, so we'll rule that out. Yeah, Yakuza Girls. Do you want to rule, I guess we should rule out the singles? I mean, just because we were doing an alternative greatest hits. Oh, that's true. So I think if it's not on a greatest hits, it's, we can, it's it counts. good to be. Okay. This is a tough call for me. I think I do have a lot of favorites on here. That last track, Last Wave of Summer's in the mix. I would also definitely have the opening track, Mr. Crown Prosecutor. Yeah. Um, I love Bella Versailles. I love This Time Around. Yakuza Girls I love, but that's not an option. Yeah, geez. Red Sand, I think, is real good. It's hard to go down a two for this. I think I think I might, I feel like I might hold back the last wave of summer for the live version next week. I'm going to go. Okay. okay, good call. With Bella Versailles mm-hmm. and oh, this time around on Mr. Crown Prosecutor. Shit, that's tough. I'm going to go with Mr. Crown Prosecutor. Um, Mr. Crown Prosecutor. We're also doing a, an essential track. So there's a link to our spot of our listen now Spotify account in the show notes as well. Listen and now to uh, the Spotify. We're keeping them updated, or well, for the most part, with our unofficial greatest hits as well as the essential tracks. What would you say the essential tracks are on this one? It's probably Yakuza Girl. Yakuza Girl. I, I, and then maybe The Things I Love and You are probably the two. Some yeah. albums have more. I think nearly all of East is on there. But yeah, the, which makes sense. I mean, in terms of essential, essential, if, you know, beginners way into Cold Chisel, they're probably the two main tracks off this one that you need, Yakuza Girl and The Things I Love and You, I'd say. Yeah, I'd agree with what that. Do you, what are you going to pick out from this one? I have a funny feeling, I know, but... Yeah, take a stab. My stab would be Babies on Fire, because mm-hmm. it's a rocker, and uh, Red Sand. Oh, zero out of two. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, I really love the things I love in you. Oh, that's why you were fighting for that to be allowed. It makes sense now. It was, yeah. When you said it was actually released as a single, I did not realise. Lead single, like, actually a top ten hit. So yeah, you calling that an alternative greatest it. hits is pretty, <laughs> to be honest. Not on a greatest hits album. Pretty disappointing for me and I think a lot of the fans out there. The listeners are going, Sam, are we taking this seriously or not? But And I know. say no. <laughs> um I don't know. I just, I really love it, even though it's like a bit cheesy with the backing the vocals. Yeah, it is, but I don't know why I really like it. The rest of it's it. sick. Um, the other one I really <laughs> like is. is. Oh, that stuff is whatever that is. That's so good. Whatever that is. Anyway. All the Barnsley work on that is so good. Barnsley's just fucking good. Um, well, like like the Zup said, Barnsley is just Zup. in form on this album. He is. It must be all of the drugs that he was on. I think I think it's that track. While you're thinking of your other one, or as you think oh, of no. it. Oh no, I know which one it is. Okay, what's the other one you're going Somewhere for? Somewhere in the silence. Ah. Yeah, the other. Also, I wrote down cowbell on it. Does it have cowbell in it, or was I listening to the wrong version of it? Oh, um, it could do. Not that I necessarily picked up. So the things I love in you, Barnsley said, after he recorded it, he did it in one take. Holy shit! And he said, I lay on the floor covered in sweat and exhausted. I just had no more left to offer. Wow. That's such a great first take vocal performance. Fucking hell. So good. All right. And then uh, I guess that brings us to the letter section. Oh, wait. What would you what would you rate the album? I'll give it a rating first, of course. Of course. Oh, this is tough. I haven't given this enough thought. Um, I have been really enjoying the album, but it's just it's tricky because of the length. Yeah. What do you do with that? And are we judging it on the current form or the in- original form? Because I do, I still really like it a lot. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a three degrees. Nice. 
For the record, you have not given anything a three at this point. Um, I because there was because it was long and there was so many slow songs. I've pushed this one right out. We're probably going to revisit all of these scores anyway at the end, but I've I've given it a five. I didn't get really taken away by it. So it's the same as the self-titled for you. Yeah, but like but not in as warm as twentieth century. So you preferred this to twentieth century. Uh, no, actually, no, I didn't. But at the time, I will stick with my 20th century rating because I really struggled. But as you had requested, I gave it a few more <laughs> listens. Uh, and I actually have got pretty into it. And I can I request you give all the albums uh, plenty of a listens redo. before you, yeah, we'll before have... you do the episode in future. <laughs> For most of them, I have. This isn't bloody your uni degree. You can't just <laughs> phone it in. You well, can't did, tell me I, that your dog ate the homework here. My cat did eat my homework. If, I if sent you a don't, of it to my lecturer and your said, cat I'm trying can't, to. <laughs> your, your cat can't eat your listening history. Well, did your cat really eat your homework? Yeah, I'll put it on Instagram because it, it was like a, it was a, I was trying to stick a plant down. We do impress plants, Australiana, and uh, my cat started eating one of my specimens. I sent it to my lecturer and said, um, I'm having some issues. She said, I'll give you an extra bonus point for unforeseen circumstances. 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 That's pretty cool. Uh, Um, Yeah, what a ledge. Um, You know, uh, a few weeks back we did the Barking Spiders live. mm -hmm. The Barking Spiders just played... Well, last week uh, when this comes out, they played a secret show to warm up for the tour. That's right. Oh, my God. And in fucking Sydney. Hey, sure. Well, that's their hometown. I know. What? We were their hometown for six months. If I'd if I'd been paying more attention, um, it's the kind of thing that we should next time. If we have, although they, there is talk, this is going to be their last ever tour. But fuck. If, we, if I ever get that chance, I got to go see one of those warm up shows. Speaking of it being potentially their last ever tour, I would like to throw some huge shout outs uh, to mostly Soph Waldron, one of our listeners who started a little mini GoFundMe and a bunch of you bloody excellent listeners, uh, both from our podcast and Matt's Do Go On, have bought me a ticket so I will be attending Cold Chisel. That's so wild. In what, two weeks now or something? Yeah. Well, Shit. when this comes out, I think maybe even, yeah, it'll be About in, two it, within a week. Yeah, far so, out. So it's, um, that is wild. What a lovely... Uh, I cried. I, uh, I got a message from Soph and another guy called Suraj, I think. I'm sorry if I've pronounced I met, your name I met Suraj over in, in England. Oh, did you? Yeah, he's a gun. He came to my stand-up show. Oh, what a ledge. He was a ledge. Excellent. I could tell at the time. But yeah, they, I, and this confirms it. It does confirm it. So he helped Soph set it all up. And I got messages from them both because I'd been offline because of uni uh, and opened my socials up to messages from both of them saying, hey, just thought we'd let you know that we've got you a ticket, and I wept. <laughs> I dead set cried over my phone. <laughs> and it's a ticket to the show that I'm going to, so we can <laughs> we can be there together. Yeah, and I think Soph Waldron is actually going to be there, so we will get oh, no a kidding. picture with my saviour, and, we'll and see I'll try not to cry again. Paul Kelly before that as well. Uh, what a bloody cracker. Paul Kelly and Cold Chisel, I can't even, my mind dead set, blown. So good. The the set list, the band Cold Chisel posted um, their Barking Spiders warm-up show set list on social media, and it is sick. But the first track is, I mean, the, the it finished with Wild Colonial Ball, Boy. Which is weird, but I think I picked that as one of my... Um... Yeah, that's that was my, I think that was just missed out on mine, but so many great tracks. Uh-huh. But they started with Letter to Alan, which is, they really? was one of my, my picks from... That album. From Circus. Yeah. But any, anyway, you're, are you going to open the letter bag now? I will. We've got a few letters to get through today, actually. So we have got from Robert in Tokyo. Uh, hey, Matt and Sam, I've been a huge fan of Dugo on you for the last few he's years. from uh, The Rising Sun. He is from The Rising Sun. Land of the Rising Sun. Um, he is a fan of Do Go On, which is one of Matt's other podcasts, and got on board Primates right off the bat, which is one of Matt's other podcasts. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a legend. I'm um, loving this guy. Enjoying the new show so far. Sam is a great co-host. Thank you very much. Uh, and we, you guys really make the topic interesting, even though I've never heard of Cold Chisel before. Um, he is super keen to 
get uh, into the playlist on Spotify, um, which is excellent. Thank you, Robert. Uh, we've got from <laughs> Nicholas Fuster the subject line, your podcast is fucking perfect. Oh, that's very nice. Um, as a longtime fan of both Do Go On and especially Cold Chisel, I must say that a podcast series by Matt about the band seemed like a match made in heaven. Uh, I must say so far, I've thoroughly enjoyed every single episode. Um, While I already knew of Matt, of course, Sam is a very welcome host and I love the rapport. Uh, Granted, no clue how Matt gave 20th Century a one. It's like a five or so. It's thoroughly lukewarm. Holy shit. You should do what I did, Nicholas, and give it a re-listen to (laughs) after some time apart. Maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder. I don't know. It's so good. I've liked it a little bit better. Um, I'm hoping that when you're done with Chisel and maybe covered the discographies of Barnsley and maybe Mossy, there's still an Aussie focus. Uh, it'd be a great point of difference. And then he's listed some things. Maybe not Slim Dusty because that's 106 plus episodes. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know, point. but we're starved for good tech content on Australian music, uh, which is why your podcast comes as such a breath of fresh air. Well, that's... Absolutely uh, stoked that your pod is out there. Also, that's that was pretty much what inspired Sam to talk took me into doing this podcast. That is it. I went looking for a podcast about Australian music and there was none. So, yeah, I think we're definitely, uh, I imagine we'll probably not do exclusively Australian, but we'll definitely keep it, we'll we'll definitely always come back to Australian bands. Yep. But I think I'd love to um, go international at times as well. So we'll... We'll see how we go, but definitely we'll never we'll, – we'll, um, we'll keep going through the classic Aussie stuff. I'm yeah. keen to do Midnight Oil at some point. Yeah, Midnight Oil would be sick. Um, there's a we'll, we'll put out some polls at the end of this season. Yeah, we'll let, help, and, uh, let the listeners help us decide. Yeah. Maybe we'll each pitch a, a handful. Yeah, that's And a then we'll idea. put them into a poll and, and let the listeners decide there. who we go with next. I'm about that. Um, who else we got? We got Jennifer Schaffer. Greetings from Ohio, the best state, Ohio. no matter what Dave says, apparently. Oh, Dave is my co host on Do Go On, who you met when I you did met. an episode of Do Go On. But if you haven't heard it, we uh, we did an episode about the life of Jimmy Barnes with Sam telling the story on Do Go On. It's, it's another podcast about all sorts of stuff. Um, but we've done a lot of different music um, biographies like uh, Dolly Parton and Pantera and Tizen and Mike Patton and. Jim, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash and mm-hmm. Rihanna. <laughs> we don't like. Did you Rihanna? Yeah, there's been, there's heaps of them. So if that interests you, you should uh, check that out. There's a link in the description as well. But also all sorts of weird things as well. Disastrous events, murderers, uh, cryptids like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. Awesome. Well, it's pretty much anything you could think of. Lots of things. We've and already such. done it. There's like 220 episodes now. Far out. Speaking of. I got into listen now after Sam did her report on Jimmy Barnes on Do Go On. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, I knew Matt had another spinoff, plugged shamelessly on Do Go On, but it was Sam's report that got me listening now. Uh, I binged all the episodes. <laughs> Thank you, Jenna. Um, I loved how passionately you both talked about the man, the band, and the music. I haven't listened to a lot of Cold Chisel songs because I've never heard of them before, but I really like Bow River. It's stuck in my head constantly. It's hard to listen to something you've never heard of. I've it always is. found that. Um We've got a couple more before we're uh, where we've emptied the bag. Jeez, it's an absolutely chockers full it is, bag. It is around the holiday season, you know. Oh, yeah. Post office gets a good workout. Uh, this is from um, Chaos Ducks. Chaos Ducks. Chaos Ducks. Wow. Uh, hey guys, loving the podcast. While I was too young for the golden era of Chisel, nineteen ninety four baby. Uh, I grew up with the greatest hits CD on repeat. Yes, Matt, the one with the gold cover. Yes. And I was just around at my parents' place for Christmas. Yeah. And we were, try- we were trying to hunt it down. I couldn't find it. Oh, I don't know where it is. Devastated. Uh, Saturdays were tidy up days with this in the background. Amazing. What was Saturday nights? Do, 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 do. Um, my partner, when he moved back to Australia from the US at 18, was quickly educated by friends of his in Wollongong and still groans when certain songs are played, but always ends up listening to them anyway. Groans? Uh, groans. With delight? With the, well, maybe oh, he's trying to sing along. yeah, Barnsley. <laughs> like that? Is that what you mean by groans? Surely. Surely In the gong. In the gong. That's the um, heartland. We both share a deep love of cold chisel and have shortlisted flame trees to be included somewhere for our wedding. Oh, very That's nice. Cute. Just we'll, realizing we'll how much history, uh, yes. this bride and I. Hey, hey you a, could change. Get, get a cover. Get, do a, a weed owl version. I'm about it. Have a bit of fun with it. I'm about it. It's good. Um, and, and last one from for today. 
uh, is from Andrew who messaged me or messaged us on Instagram and said, I just want to thank you guys for doing what you do. This and the other Planet Broadcasting Network podcasts uh, have helped distract me in my fight against depression for the past few months, uh, and I can't thank you all enough. If any listeners are suffering anything similar, remember mental health is important and you're never alone. Reach out, talk to somebody. Thank you, Matt and Sam, for your amazing work. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank um, you. That's a, yeah. Which is a very, yeah, very, um, it's quite a nice it's humbling yeah. to think that we'd be uh, at all helpful with uh, your uh, mental health. Yeah. And, yeah, important message. Thank you so much for messaging. And what was their name? Andrew. Andrew. I apologize Andrew. for my absolutely goldfish-level <laughs> memory. Standard. Andrew, great name. Great Scottish name. Just like Andrew. Is it Scottish? St. Andrew, the, the Scottish flag, the oh. St. Andrew's cross. Yep. Because he died on an X. Because he said he didn't want to die like Christ on a cross. Oh. That's the way the story goes. I should say we um, did a show in Glasgow on, on the tour. That's right. Which is the bloody birthplace of Jimmy Barnes. I wore my cold chisel shirt that night as yeah. well. Did anyone and comment on it? A few people did. There Excellent. was a few listeners uh, of this show there. And it was, oh, it was cool, to, cool to talk to them about it. About it. The boot. Yeah. Yeah, go Jeez, on. It was nice to be there in the in the birthplace of greatness. Amazing. Oh, well, I guess that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode. Was that time to lock up the letters to Alan Bag? It is for today. Uh, well, I guess that leaves us with nothing else to say, but, but uh, please tune in next week. We've got a huge episode. Huge. Um, but until then. Goodbye, Astrid. Goodbye. podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates i mean if you want it's up to you planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.